Mr. Smith Talks Triathlon, Episode 7. What's recovery all about? Mr. Smith Talks Triathlon, practical triathlon advice for everyday athletes, where recovery doesn't mean KFC and a Coke. Well, some people it does. But, but perhaps it shouldn't. But <laughs> for many, they would love if recovery was uh, just about you know KFC and a coke. But uh, no, no, it's a serious uh, a serious discussion. You know the the recovery, the rest bit we often forget about. Yeah, yeah, um, that, that's probably one of the big points I'm going to make tonight. Yeah, it's not just about doing nothing. Yeah. So looking forward to that. Um, before we jump in, a little bit of a uh, little bit of chat about what the team's been up to. Things are things are picking up a little bit. There's a few uh, yeah. few bits going on. Well, it seems like uh, it was only a couple of weeks ago we had the 70.3 World Champs, and now we've got the ITU Sprint and Standard Distance World Champs happening over in the Gold Coast. So a couple of the team heading over there, or are there right now. So all the best to you, Kirsty and Sue. Really looking forward to see how that goes for you. You've, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. And a little warmer. Than, oh, uh, than their training conditions. Oh, the the reports coming back are not not pretty. I'm not happy about that at all. Yeah. Don't come back here with sunburn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, fantastic. So, so yeah, world champs, big, big happening. Um, for those who are going, obviously something pretty major in their calendar they've been working towards. And you get a lot of people, New Zealanders, sort of focus. They they look where the world champs are going to be. Yeah. And they might look two or three years out and pick it because of the location. And obviously, the Gold Coast. Apart from being in New Zealand, the easiest place to get to. Absolutely. Every time it's that close, it's a really popular event for for Kiwis to go yeah. to. Cool. There's some obscure locations it ends up in, um, but there's something for everyone out there. Speaking of obscure locations, I, I understand you you went over the uh, over the hill to the Wire Rapper, and some people ended up in some interesting locations or unplanned locations. Yeah, it was um, probably a triathlon skill we don't practice enough as map reading, <laughs> but I think there were some really good lessons learned from that, and uh, the same mistakes won't be made at spring camp when we go do that. Yeah, what is it that it is the athlete's responsibility to know the course? Absolutely, there was much of that discussion. <laughs> yeah, sort of almost running into a cow. Um, magpie bombing, you can't really escape that no matter where you are. But uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, we, we um, the Wellington squad went over to the Wairarapa for a, uh, a milestone ride. So we've been training for the last couple of months, building things up. So this ride was really just about getting out there, doing something bigger than we've done before. And we really wanted to just have the confidence and... and actually experience what you can do even though you haven't fully trained for it yeah and it was about time not distance or what yeah was the, yeah that's yeah. right we were out there riding for three to four hours yeah we had some courses mapped out and everyone just chose uh what worked for them and then made it up as they went along exactly <laughs> with all this technology you'd think it'd be impossible to get lost but well done yeah. to those who did yeah but so so it's great and it's really good to have those milestones along the way because there are not that many actual races and events that we do in a build-up, so yeah. sometimes it can turn into quite a long, almost endless rep- repetition of training. Yeah. So we've had that milestone into recovery week now, talking about that in a minute, but our next one is uh, spring camp, which is, details are coming out about that this week team, get excited, Hawke's Bay, long weekend, beautiful Hawke's Bay weather. Lots of riding, a bit of running, a bit of swimming, and a soak in the hot pools. You heard it here first. He is guaranteed hot weather. Oh. Good weather. Maybe we should hold it on the Gold Coast then. Yeah. (laughs) Fantastic. And just going back to the rides, you know, people, 
they do the ride, the big the milestone ride. Mm. You know, you may ask for a bit of feedback. People are probably more interested in a coffee and a scone at the time. Yeah. But yeah, general general thoughts. What do people think about it? Yeah, well, it, it was a sense of accomplishment because for just mm. about everyone, it was the the longest and or the hardest ride they've done so far in training. And so it was just that real recognition that hey, I, I am capable of doing more than just what's on the training plan week in week out and. We don't want to go to our limits in every single training session. That's not what it's about. It doesn't work. But particularly when it gets closer to races, so many people have these moments, oh, I haven't done enough, I'm not ready. But just being able to look back and go, well, hey, I did that when I didn't think I was ready. And Mm. recognising the body can always do so much more than you think it can. And that's what race day is about. Yeah, and just, again, I am my only example, but uh, Ironman, when I did it, the once... I hadn't gone 180k in training yeah. on the bike. I hadn't run a marathon in training. Yep. Yep. I'd done a little bit more than 3.8 in some of the swim sessions. But uh, yeah, as you say, it's amazing what, uh, you know, when you, even if you haven't done that distance, the body is able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, great stuff. Uh, that spring camp sounds like fun. I'm sure there'll be some uh, some stories to be told, but you might need to work on the navigation <laughs> element. <laughs> Last time, you know, talking about uh, you know speed and maybe going faster um, without training harder. We, you know, we talked mm. about six things that that people can um, invest in, both time-wise as well as financially, bearing in mind the last point. Um, but a quick summary of those. Yeah, so th- these are six, um, not the only six, but uh, six that can make a real difference outside of your training. So number one was to, to lose weight. And just a reminder that not talking there to everyone who's already lean and thinks I've just got a pesky one kilo left to lose, but those who know they're carrying extra weight. And um, yeah, by, by losing a few kilos, it makes quite a significant difference to your performance. Number two was to get stronger. Um, as simple as some basic core strength work, um, perhaps some gym work or uh, actually getting assessed to find out where those imbalances are and what the specifics are to, to work on. Yeah, get the right muscles, the big muscles doing the big things. Mm. Yeah. Kind of tied up with that is number three was becoming more mobile because particularly for those who spend a lot of time at a desk, we, we talk about the hip flexors or the hips in general being very bound up and not, not getting enough range of motion. So yeah. getting more mobility through different parts of the body you will swim, bike, run faster because of it and certainly become less prone to injury. Mm. Uh, number four was paying attention to form because we go out there and we swim and we bike and we run and, and that's great. Don't want to take all the fun out of it, but those times when you're getting tired or you're trying to eke out a little bit of that last bit of performance, really thinking about how you're doing it, um, how, how you're holding your body, how you're moving, really does make a difference to uh, extra performance. Yeah, I heard you shouting out tonight to a couple of people at Squad about, you know, a little bit more arm action on the uphill mm. just to create some momentum, I guess. D- definitely, yeah. yep. yep. So all of those kind of cues. Yep. Uh, number five was sleep better. Again, busy society that we live in. There's uh, demands at all ends of the day, training to fit in. And so sleep is often cut short. But sleep is where the body really does so much of its recovery work. Yeah. So more sleep, you recover better, you get more out of your training. And it sounds so obvious. Mm, I, know it how, does. I do know how to sleep. Yeah. 
but yeah, you know, you you do something before bed, screen time or whatever. Mm. <laughs> Even adults have screen time, <laughs> and yeah, it takes you half an hour, forty minutes before you doze off, and that's just it's not good sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. And the last one was to buy faster equipment, and you can throw as much money as it legal, legal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, good point. <laughs> but yeah, there's uh, there's a piece of kit for everything. There's some really quick stuff out there. It comes at a price, but that's the last one on my list purposefully yep. because I really think there's so much to be gained through those other bits longer term in yourself before you put too much time and money into the into the kit. Yeah, great stuff. Good summary um, and something for as you said, you know, pick one or two and and go from there. Yeah. So this week recovery. Mm, okay. Tell us so, how we should be lying on the sofa. <laughs> Well, that's an important part of it. The you, you look at um, blogs or anything from a lot of those elite level athletes. Man, they spend a lot of time on the couch. They, I, I talked another time that they're professional eaters, they're professional recoverers, professional sleepers as well. Because yeah. hey, those are the things that make such a big difference, and they they really underpin the success of the training. So, if you were, you know, let's pick two or three key things about recovery that that give give people a message so they can. Yeah, you know, think ah, yeah, I could do that, or I could do that better. Okay, yeah. So look, we're in a recovery week now. The Wellington squad, the way the programs have been put together, and so the idea is that every now and again, every so often, we need to reduce stress on the body, because if you just keep piling on training week after week after week, and it keeps building up, and then you throw out all of these other things going on in life, something gives. Yeah, and it might be motivation. It might be um, physically the body, um, could be a number of things. But so the the recovery, it's got coming from two angles. It's being recognizing you've just done a block of training and actually for that training to really sink into the body and become effective, you need to kick back a little bit, let the body recover. Because what's coming next is it's going to step up further. And if the body's not ready for that, you're not going to get the benefit out of that. Yeah, And for those that just need to be doing something... Recovery still involves training. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, you, there, there is in a recovery week. Generally, we are taking more rest time. There is not quite as much training. There might be an extra day off or two, um, but also the intensity comes down. Yeah, and uh, th- there are different ways of going about recovery, but it's some combination of reducing the amount you're doing, reducing the intensity you're doing. Gotcha, gotcha. You mentioned, I'm not sure it was on one of the podcasts ages ago, about sort of the levels of recovery, sort of macro and micro. It reminded me of fifth form economics. <laughs> um, I'm surprised I can remember back that far. But So what does that mean exactly? So really just thinking there's some very big picture things in, in terms of recovery down to some very detailed things. And if you look at, again, elite athletes, those who are training for the Olympics, they're on a a four-year cycle because they want to really truly peak at their absolute best once every four years so after that absolute incredible high peak they need some recovery they need some downtime and and ironically for some of them recovery means well instead of olympic distance racing we might go and do some 70.3s or (laughs) might go and mountain bike the world around the world or something crazy like that but It's such a different load and stimulus on their body from what they've been doing. So at a yeah, very huge picture, they're, they're on those big cycles. A lot of us, when we've got a big event once a year, we're really building up to that, and then you end up having an off-season after your, your really key event. Hmm. And is this a bit like when 
I've, I've yeah, read enough books and you kind of think you know, you're trying to take it all in. It talks about A events, B events, yeah. C events, and you're not expecting to perform at your best at a C event, but yeah. so your training is tailored around that. Clearly that impacts the, the intensity and therefore a little bit of recovery time but because you're doing it a little easier. Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That, that your A event is the, the real pinnacle that you want to hit. Yeah. So you, you have some good recovery going into that and then you need some really good recovery coming out of it. Yeah. And, and that's a really good point, actually, because um, I'm talking here about when you have one event that you really, really want to do your best at. Yeah. For a lot of people, it's just a bunch of events all over the all over the year. Mm-hmm. And, and that's okay. You can go whichever approach you want, but recognise that if you really want to hit a, a real, real high, you need to be dedicated to that, and then you actually need some downtime from it to recover, refresh, get the motivation before you go on to the next thing, yeah. just rolling. So that's macro, that's big picture. Mm, yeah. Micro, oh, let me guess, <laughs> some of the little things. Yeah. So yeah. like, is that hydration? Is that um, stretching? I, absolutely. Clearly all, I'm all not doing enough of any of them because <laughs> I'm guessing. <laughs> no, no, you're, you're absolutely right. So micro, we're, we're down to day-to-day details of what you do uh, in your recovery. And so, yeah, like you said, stretching, um, eating eating appropriately after some training. So your bigger training where you burnt lots of energy, that's your time to eat more really soon after that. It's your sleep. With that, that If you've got a really, really big training weekend, then take a, take a nap on a Sunday afternoon if you can. Help bounce back from that, that training. Okay. Uh, all sorts of things. Foam rollers, stretching. Uh, you can buy all sorts of recovery aids. Um, boots that you wear, compression tights, so many, so many things. So yeah, there's there's a huge number of levels there from the really big picture down to the little things on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And no, nobody, unless you're doing it full-time, can do all of them. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm going to. If there were two or three really key things about recovery, what would, yep. you, what would you pick? What, so, what do you make sure you do? <laughs> that, that, that's a different question. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. Absolutely. Okay, the perfect coach. Yeah. Um, but the, the two big ones that I would always come back to are nutrition and sleep. Okay. Yeah, that you, yep. you fuel your training, you fuel your recovery, and you sleep to recover. And the, I think I've touched on it once before that when you are sleeping, that's when the body does its repair work. It releases the hormones, all the little things in your and your blood system run around and repair muscle tissue, everything like that. So, yeah, yeah you've got to have good nutrition to make that happen. You've got to have sleep to make that happen. Always those two. And recovery, again, I mentioned it. You know, we're not full-time athletes. We like to think we are some days. But things go on in life that cause a yeah. bit of stress, probably more emotional and, and mental stress than, than physical. Yeah. Got to be conscious of that. Absolutely. And factor that into your recovery. I'm yeah. yeah, yeah, because training is stress on the body. It's it's physical stress, but life stress is also a stress on the body. So stress releases hormones in our bodies. We we react to it in some peculiar ways. Mm. So we need to recognise that during those times of quite intense work, of there might be illness in the family, um, stressful life events going on, that is also a stress on your body. So you really need to factor that in and be prepared to take a bit of extra recovery time around that. Yeah, and it's as much recovery as realising that that's probably a more important part of your life than training. Yes. 
So deal with it and don't feel guilty if you yeah. it means you miss miss a session or you do a half hour run instead of a one hour run. Yeah. Uh, because that will just layer stress upon stress, which absolutely no, no one ever got to Iron Man and said that run that I skipped half an hour of back three months ago. Oh, geez, I'm gutted about that. Yeah, would have been on that's... the podium instead of 78th <laughs> in my age group. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. In, no, in the no. big picture, that stuff doesn't matter. That having you healthy and functioning on a regular basis has got to be the number one thing. Yeah. So I joked about it at the beginning. You know how to lie on a sofa, yeah. but recovery is as important as the physically exerting of the human body. Absolutely. So quick, quick summary about you know making sure that we recover properly. Yeah, so you've probably heard the term before that it's um, training doesn't make you fitter, it happens in the recovery. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's how important it is. Okay, so when, when you see recovery things scheduled in a training plan, take it, it it's there, know that it's there for a reason. Okay, it's not just a the done thing in triathlon. It's because, yeah, your, your training's been building up, need to release some of that stress on the body, and so it's fresh for the next block of training. Yeah, and I don't think anybody in this day and age thinks just go, go, go. You know, the Dave yeah. Scotts and the uh, Mark Allens of, of the 80s, you know, where it was just bonkers stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there, there is now scientific proof that recovery is just as important. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, take the recovery when it's scheduled in front of you and recognise at other times when you need to take recovery. Okay, Really think how important recovery is in association with the training. It's not ticking off every single training, every single session on your training plan won't make you faster. It's doing the appropriate level of training to fit in with what's going on in your life, the stress on you. Yeah, yep. that, That's what's going to be successful. And then the, the final thing I'd say really is that consciously do recovery. It, it, it's, I, I know it really does get dropped to the bottom of the pile because finished training, okay, there's the lawns to mow, there's the kids to play with, all of these things, but any little bits that you can slip in there to consciously do recovery about eating well soon after, catching up on a nap, um, using the foam roller, little bits, they all go a long, long way. Yeah. Excellent stuff, Gerard. Um, it's good to know that doing nothing is important because I'm pretty good at doing nothing. <laughs> it's easier to convince myself to do nothing than uh, something extra. But uh, yeah, really sound advice. Um, some of it may come as no surprise to many, but we need reminding that the recovery bit is just as important as the training. Yeah, absolutely. Great message to finish with. Thanks, Super. Doug. Until next time. Okay. Cheers. Bye.